Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah. Oh. Sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome in, everybody, to another episode of Future Brew. I'm your host, Claude Lozon, here on the Maze and Brew SB Nation Podcast Network. We are here with you September 17th, heading into the 18th. I'm joined, as always, by my co-host, my partner in crime, John Simmons. John, how are we doing today, man? I'm doing well, Vaughn. I'm excited to get back to uh, watch Michigan football this weekend. Did you have any of the bye week blues? Um, I think it was a good week to have a bye week. Yeah. Uh, it was nice being able to root against Sparty. Um, yeah, that was nice. That was, that was a pleasant surprise. Yeah. I'll, I'll never, uh, n- never deny one of those from happening. That's right. for sure. But if it was on the other side of, uh, of the aisle, I, I wouldn't be too happy, but I don't think a lot of our listeners would. No. Anyways, uh, like I said, we're going to, uh, kick this off here. And let's talk about a few visitors. I know that Michigan doesn't have a home game, per se, this week, but they do have one interested visitor going to the Wisconsin game in Madison, and that's Yanni Karlaftis. He's a linebacker, four-star in the 2021 class. He's the brother of George Karlaftis, the defensive end who now is a true freshman for Purdue, but Michigan was heavily recruiting him in the 2019 cycle. He's he's considering a slew of schools, including Wisconsin, Michigan, Ohio State, to name the big Big Ten schools. So, John, let's talk about him for a second. What do you think the chances are here with Michigan? Because it doesn't look too good right now. It looks like he's more so interested in Wisconsin, Ohio State, some of those other schools. But Michigan could make a push here if they perform well. Yeah, it, throughout 
George Karlaftis' recruitment, it always was kind of popped up when the Yanni would come along on visits to Michigan with him a lot. Um, obviously, since Michigan would probably have been the school that George would have chosen if he didn't pick Purdue. So Yanni got to see Michigan a ton. And all those interviews were kind of around the theme where he is more likely to leave <clears throat> hometown. They're from West Lafayette, which is where Purdue is. Um, and Yanni was more likely to leave home than George was. So I think in that in those terms, uh, Michigan has a better shot of landing him because they don't ha- won't have to fight Purdue in that hometown poll as much. But yeah, like you said, he's kind of uh, also broadening his horizons to other schools like Ohio State and Wisconsin. I think he wants to stay in the Big Ten um, in these you know surrounding states around Indiana. But it's going to be a battle against uh, some other Big Ten schools. It definitely is going to be a battle. And I, I spoke with him a couple of weeks ago, and he had said that he was going to see the Wisconsin game on the 21st. He doesn't have a Michigan visit lined up just yet. He's he's still trying to work out everything. Whether he gets on campus yet is to be determined. He also visited Purdue for, uh, last week for the TCU game. And knowing how they performed against TCU may have put a little damper on Purdue's chances of landing Yanni just because he is – a lot more open, like you said, to the recruiting process and getting out of his home state, hometown. And George was open as well about it, but he, he it was kind of predetermined that he would kind of always go to Purdue. That Michigan had a fighting chance, but it, it was a small chance, if anything. But yeah, Yanni, like I said, four-star, uh, fringe top 100 player in in the composite right now at 6'3", 203. There is one Purdue crystal ball right now. I don't know how big of a factor Purdue's going to play in this one anymore. And that, that Purdue crystal ball was actually lodged 10 days ago from Steve Wiltfong. So I, I, it, it goes to show that you know Purdue will be a factor here, especially with his brother playing there and being a highly touted recruit, probably the highest touted recruit that Purdue's had in a really long time. Um, but no, Ohio State will, will, will be one of the bigger factors here, along with Wisconsin and Nebraska, some of these other Big Ten schools. But as of right now, if, if Michigan performs well this weekend, maybe they get Yanni on campus sooner than expected. Maybe it kind of speeds up the way that he looks at wanting to get to Ann Arbor. Uh, we'll just have to see and uh, watch how all this plays out, I suppose. Yeah, I think it's notable that I'm not sure if it was Steve Wiltfong or not who had Ohio State um, on the crystal ball before Purdue, um, but now Ohio State's not on there anymore. So I feel like Wiltfong switched it to Ohio State or from Ohio State to Purdue. So I think that he is definitely considering still staying with his brother, but we'll see if that ends up happening or not. And one other uh, non-visitor, I suppose, one one commit from Michigan that is going to be visiting elsewhere, safety Jordan Morant, four-star from New Jersey. Let's talk about him for just a minute, John, because there there is a lot of rumors on the Michigan boards this past week about him potentially flipping, maybe looking at other schools. But at the end of the day, that just doesn't seem to be the case, does it? Uh, I don't think so. They He was uh, – when he was being still being recruited before he committed, he uh, – was recruiting hard, being recruited hard by Notre Dame, who was defensive coordinator at the time was Mike Elko, who's now 
uh, at Texas A&M. So Sam Webb at the Michigan Insider reported that he was kind of taking this A&M visit as a sense of loyalty to Elko, who put in a lot of time recruiting him. Um, it was Morant's bye week, so he had a chance to go there. And they were, they were playing Lamar, which is an FCS school. So it wasn't that big of a marquee game. And I think it's also notable that following this weekend, a bunch of crystal balls rolled in for Antonio Johnson, the four-star safety for Texas A&M, who has been a top target for them. So I think it's a good thing that A&M looks to be in a good spot with Johnson instead of uh, Morant so they can take him and we can keep the four-star from uh, Bergen Catholic there. Yeah, definitely a good thing there for Michigan. And, and even if they did lose him, it, they've still got several safeties committed in the class. But it's definitely something that, as a Michigan fan, I mean, you never want to lose a four-star at all, mm-hmm. and not in any situation, no matter how many bodies you got. The more the merrier uh, for the stuff like that. So, mm-hmm. no, I mean, I, I, I never really viewed this as a huge concern. The fact that Michigan is away, they're not playing at home. Jordan Morant wouldn't go to the Wisconsin game at Wisconsin for any reason. And at the end of the day, Campanelli is uh, <laughs> pretty much in his ear, I'm sure, all the time because mm-hmm. Anthony Campanelli, the linebackers coach at Michigan – or, I'm sorry, the uh, – is he linebackers? Yeah, he's linebackers. Co-linebackers with Don Brown pretty much. Yeah. Um, he's, uh, he's He's got the family over there uh, coaching Jordan Morant in high school right now. So I, I can't imagine – <laughs> the reception that would uh, that would take place if if he flipped his commitment to some other school, I, I I think that there would be definitely some big problems over there. But it it doesn't seem to be the case. I I don't think that there's any chance that that happens. Um, no. So it, all good news, pretty much for Michigan at this point. Um, but yeah, let, let's move on here real quick. Um, I mean, we we don't have a uh, a game to have visitors for this week, but the coaches were still busy on the bye week and uh, they, they went to go visit several top guys. So let's talk about some of these top prospects that, that some of these assistant coaches and even Jim Harbaugh went to go visit. Let's start right at the top here with Ed Warner, went and visited a few offensive linemen. Let's start with the guy that's already committed, Reese Atterbury. Yeah. So, uh, Colorado's been pretty good for offensive linemen the past couple cycles and for 2021. So it kind of made sense for Warner to head out there um, to visit Atterbury for a game who's been committed since late June. Um, One of the other top target tackles is out there in Colorado is Andrew Gentry, the four-star top 100 guy who Michigan's still fighting BYU for. Um, He was also got the chance to see Trey Zoon, who's a four-star tackle. Uh, in the 2021 class, so Warner is busy hitting up a lot of guys all over the Rocky Mountains there yep. um, this past weekend, which is good to see. Yeah, and Tr- Trey Zoon being the the one guy in the 2021 class, um, already looking ahead to future classes. 2020 is not even done yet. You're still going after a high ranked mm-hmm. guy like Andrew Gentry, even though he wouldn't be on campus until 2022 because he's going on his two year Mormon mission trip. But still good to look ahead to future classes, even if you're in a state like Colorado. You're going after a guy that's already committed. You're going after a guy that isn't committed yet but could commit 
and it kind of seems like it's down to Michigan and BYU with Andrew Gentry at this point. I don't really think Virginia is much of a factor at this point, no. but uh, I guess that remains to be seen because it, it, it seems like every other day a crystal ball is lodged for BYU, and here we are. Andrew Gentry is still uncommitted, and uh, he'll be visiting for the Notre Dame game, Michigan versus Notre Dame, next month. Mm-hmm. So it, it should be a wild, wild month or so if he's wanting to get his recruitment out of the way and lock it in and, and sign early potentially. Um, so it, that'll be interesting, but Trey Zoon, let's talk about him for just a second. Like I said, he's in the 2021 class. Hasn't really been talked about as much as some of the other offensive linemen that Michigan is going after, especially with all these really high ranked in-state guys that they're going after. How, how big of a factor do you think they will be for Trey? Cause the one crystal ball lodged at this point is for Texas A&M. Yeah, I think A&M will be one of the biggest contenders. But, uh, I mean, Michigan's been in uh, the race for Zune for a while, even longer than A&M. They gave him an offer back in May. He's got some great uh, offensive line offers on his uh, resume there. He's got Notre Dame, Ohio State, Penn State, Oklahoma with uh, Ben Bedenbaugh, which is one of the best uh, offensive linemen coach coaches in the country so that's a good sign um so i think uh ed warner's definitely laying the groundwork here um i'm certain he'll visit at some point during the process warren has been really good about getting offensive linemen to up to campus for a visit so i while texas a&m may be uh out in front right now i think that uh, michigan's really putting in the work to kind of make up some ground and end up being a major factor yeah recruits are always very highly talkative about about Ed Warner and, and how good of a guy he is and how relatable and personable he is. So it's it's definitely good to see, and I'm, I wouldn't be surprised to see Trey Zune on campus sooner rather than later either. Let's move on to a defensive line now. Sean Newell also put in some work, even though one of the guys that he visited with wasn't a defensive lineman. It's a running back that they're going after, Lawrence Toa Philly who is currently committed to Florida State. But they're still recruiting him pretty hard because they're going to need another running back in this class, bottom line. They've already got one committed, Blake Corum, but he's more of the speed and space shifty, make you miss him rather than go through him. And uh, Tua Philly is more of the vein of a classic running back, go through the tackles and and see how many tackles you can break. So they're going to need one other running back. And Lawrence is the guy that Sean visited with this past weekend. Do you think that uh, Michigan actually has a fighting chance to flip him here? I I think they definitely do have a good uh, chance with Toa Philly. I think we'll talk about this more later on with uh, how Florida State's doing this year. But even when before Toa Philly committed, the the Michigan staff uh, planned to keep recruiting him no matter. Um, if he committed to Florida State or not because it was kind of expected and it wasn't going to deter them because they believe that they have a really good shot and they're not sure that he's going to stay with the Seminoles throughout the season. And what you look at the start that they've had under Willie Taggart, I think a lot of guys in their class might be starting to look around. Yeah, I mean, I can't blame them for doing that by any means because it's it's been a rough go for Florida State over the last couple seasons with the way that things are going, I wouldn't be surprised to see Toa Philly flip his commitment at some point, whether it's Michigan or not, um, remains to be seen. And, and I, I could just see him decommitting and reopening the process at some point. Um, you know, I, I wouldn't be surprised if 
a ton of Florida State players did that. But another guy that Sean visited with down in Florida in Lakeland, where the Tigers played their spring ball, is a big-time 2021 prospect, Cade Denhoff. And at this juncture, it kind of seems like Clemson is out in front right now. Uh, Cade is a top 100 defensive end. Um, Composite-wise, in in 24-7 sports rankings, he's a little higher. But all four crystal balls in Clemson's favor right now, but he's got other big-time offers from Alabama and Florida, pretty much every big-time school that you could possibly imagine. So Michigan's definitely lagging behind here in this recruitment, but anything can happen, I suppose. It, It seems like they have more guys on their board higher up at this point uh, in the recruiting process in the 2021 class on the defensive line. But uh, taking in a guy like Cade, hey, you, you would never say no to a top 100 guy. So uh, what do you think of this recruitment here? And, and, uh, and you know, do you, what do you think the chances are that Michigan has for this one as well? Yeah, I wouldn't get your hopes up too much about Denhoff. Um, I think even Steve Lorenz put in a crystal ball for Clemson. Um, over the weekend, I think Michigan's just kind of doing their due diligence here. Um, you know, Sean knew it was in Florida, uh, which is a little bit out of region for him. So it seemed like they're prioritizing Denhoff, but we'll see how much reciprocal uh, interest they get from him. Once those Clemson, you know, claws latch on, it's really hard to get a get a guy from them unless they pass on him. Yeah, Clemson's one of those schools that you know once once you get a guy kind of interested it's it's pretty hard to convince them to go somewhere else so we'll see how that one plays out so Sean Newell visited with those two guys this past week Anthony Campanelli who we mentioned earlier he visited with a couple guys as well let's start with defensive end from Philadelphia Elijah Judy hasn't really been mentioned a whole lot in the 2021 class but he's starting to pick up some offers now from some big time schools he's got Florida and LSU Michigan Penn State under his belt along with a few others, Texas A&M and West Virginia, some of those other schools. So, again, another defensive end who could kind of transition to that linebacker spot, which I would imagine he he could, with where he's at right now, 6'2 and 212, could potentially be in that Sam linebacker mold, kind of like a Josh Uche, if he were to commit to Michigan. So that, this one kind of seems wide open. It, you, you don't really have too big of a grasp on where he's favoring, if anywhere, at this point. Yeah, I think you bring up a good point about the linebacker being able to play the rush linebacker spot. If Campanelli's offering him, they may be looking at him as a linebacker since he's the coach. Um, But, yeah, Michigan's going hard after some guys in Pennsylvania for 2021. And this is kind of an area where I'd expect Campanelli to do well since it's right near uh, New Jersey where he's, you know, made his hay as a recruiter. Um, Philly's right there. So yeah. I think that if he starts building those relationships with him, uh, Michigan has a good shot. I mean, Judy's a good prospect. He's ranked just like 179th overall on the composite. Um, he's right around there in 24-7's rankings too. So the offer list, um, Michigan's probably one of his best ones on the slate there. He's got Penn State, so that'll be um, – interesting to see how he does against how Michigan fares against the in-state school. But uh, I think they're setting themselves up well here. I think so as well. I, I think it, you know, any 
any chance that you get to have an assistant coach go visit you during the season, I, I think would be a decent start for Michigan. So we'll just have to see and monitor this one. And of course, we'll um, we'll provide some updates on mazebrew.com if and when we get those. But another prospect that Campanelli visited, a five-star prospect in the 2021 class, hailing from Miami, Florida, is Terrence Lewis. This one pretty it seems pretty open as well with crystal balls all over the board. Few undecideds there. One crystal ball for Miami, one crystal ball for Clemson, one crystal ball for Alabama. So this this one seems as open as it can get. And he's got some other big time offers: Oregon, Georgia, Auburn, uh, Texas A and M, and of course Michigan and some of those other Big Ten schools, Nebraska, Penn State being in there as well. So this one, another one where it kind of seems wide open. And if Michigan made a big move here and if Campanelli was able to convince him to potentially visit campus or, you know, just get pique his interest a little bit, uh, this one could be Michigan's. It, it, it really could be anybody's. Yeah, we'll see about, he has got basically every school on his offer list right now. It's very impressive, um, but we'll see how he does. I think it's going to be a tough pull from the, the South there kind of, similar to Brandon Jennings, who was a, the surprise visitor last uh, last week versus Army when uh, another Florida five-star linebacker who comes up. Um, I think Lewis will be a tough pull from those schools like Clemson and Alabama. You know, it's coming from all the way up from Miami. Uh, Michigan will definitely try their hardest here, but I'm, I'm not sure that they'll be too big of a factor going forward. Yeah, I mean, it's always a tough pull to pull a five-star from uh, Miami to pull them away from the nice weather and some of the SEC schools that are always attractive down there. Right. So it it's tough to pull any kid from Florida, regardless if he's a five-star, a three-star, a zero-star. It, it doesn't really matter. And you have to have, really have the kid buy in. And if, if there aren't ties to the program or to the state of Michigan already, it, it's just even harder for them to uh, – convince these kids to to go up north and see the snow for the first time and do things along those lines but um no it's 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 good to see that they're going after some of these higher ranked kids in the 2021 class and it seems like they've got a lot of high uh high prospects interested in the 2021 class it could be a special class when it's all said and done but that is a long ways away my friend let's move on here to another prospect that is also a five-star that is actually already committed to the 2021 class. Jim Harbaugh, Ben McDaniels went and visited J.J. McCarthy during his game this past week. Always good to see the head man and the quarterback's coach go and visit your top-ranked prospect. And J.J. is going to be – he's already the most important player in the 2021 class for Michigan, but he's going to be that guy throughout the entire process. He's going to help you get more recruits in. He's already – Got more guys interested, like Ryan Linthicum is one of his best pals, and A.J. Henning in the 2020 class was uh, uh, very vocal about how close he was with J.J. and 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 vice versa. J.J. very close with him. So always good to just keep the relationship going, and, and you know if you're able to see a future quarterback up close and personal in a game when you've got the chance to do it, why not do it? Yeah, it's uh, definitely smart to go visit your highest-ranked player who's kind of going to be the center of the class for 2021, make sure he's still all good and happy, which 
there's no indications that he isn't. And it's also a good chance for Harbaugh to check in on uh, his teammates, a couple of teammates that they're recruiting in uh, Ryan Keeler, the three-star defensive end for 2021. He's been visiting a lot of uh, Big Ten schools lately, like Nebraska, Iowa, Purdue. Um, but Michigan was his first offer and got a lot of crystal balls after they um, gave him a scholarship. And also uh, Tyler Morris in 2022, who's a big-time wide receiver and catches a lot of the balls that McCarthy throws up. He's got offers from basically everyone in the country already. And I think, you know, putting your face to the program, creating some buzz around your game can only help uh, their chances with Morris, who will be probably a, a top 100 guy when it's all said and done. Yeah, you, you bring up a real good point about those other guys that, that they were also subsequently able to visit as well with J.J. McCarthy, get get some of those other guys a little more interested and, and see if they're able to get them on campus. And, and Ryan Keeler has been on campus already with JJ and may it happen again this year? Probably it, it more than likely will, but yeah, al- always good to get, um, you know, kind of a two for one, three for one, maybe even more, who knows may have gotten more, right. more guys interested from going out there and watching JJ sling the football around. So always good to be able to do that. And another guy uh, that was visited this past week, or weekend for their football game. Jay Harbaugh went down to Cincinnati to watch Corey Kiner, who is one of their top guys at the running back position in the 2021 class. He and Donovan Edwards are, it's pretty much 1A, 1B at this point. They're really going hard after both those guys. But Corey, it, it, it seems like Michigan's out in front in this one, but because of the recent offer from Ohio State, it, it really seems like this is going to be a neck and neck battle. Uh, pretty much until up until signing day is, is what I'm getting the feeling of at this point. Um, but yeah, th- this is going to be a classic Michigan, Ohio state battle uh, recruiting wise. It, it's really just going to come down to those two. I, I can't really see any other school at this juncture getting, getting into the game. Um, but I mean, Michigan's still holding all the crystal balls. So it's, it's certainly a good sight to see if you're a Michigan fan, but like I said, this this is going to be a tough one for Michigan to pull off at the end of the day. Yeah, I think the one saving grace for Michigan is that Bacon is from uh, – or sorry, he plays for Roger Bacon. Kiner's from Cincinnati, um, which has been the one spot in Ohio that uh, Ohio State hasn't had that stranglehold on. I think Notre Dame has even done even better in, there, uh, in that area because of all the big uh, private Catholic schools. In Cincinnati, but I think that he's distant enough from that, you know, Columbus hive mindset um, where everyone grows up a Buckeye fan that kind of swayed Zach Harrison back towards Ohio right. State last year. So uh, Connor is definitely more open, I think, to coming up to Michigan. He The staff did a great job of getting on in on him before the Buckeye staff did, um, establishing that relationship and showing their interest uh, ahead of time and really making him feel wanted. And so, I mean, running back's going to be a big position for both of these schools next cycle. Ohio State struck out on a, a bunch of their top targets, and Michigan still needs to build, de- build depth in their uh, backfield. So it's definitely going to be a fun one to watch uh, in 2021 if Michigan wins the For sure, battle. and I, I got the chance to speak with Corey a, a week or so ago very nice kid. 
you know, it seems like he's really got his head on straight and he, he's going to take this process slow. He said that he, he wants to evaluate pretty much every offer that he has and every offer that comes his way, he's going to take a, a thorough look into and he's not going to leave any school out. And he, he said that he doesn't want to leave any stones unturned. So it, this is going to be pretty much up until signing day unless something changes quickly. But now he, he did grow up rooting for Ohio State. So if, if you're a Michigan fan, you definitely don't like to hear that. But it, like you said, it was good that Michigan got in very early and established that relationship and, and maintain that relationship. And it seems like him and Jay Harbaugh have a very good working relationship as well. So we'll just have to see how it all plays out. It, it's going to be a long ways until anything happens. But the final player that we have here to talk about today, also a Michigan commit, A.J. Henning, the wide receiver from Frankfurt, Illinois. He was visited by Josh Gaddis, offensive coordinator, and uh, tight ends coach Sharon Moore. So, again, just another situation where you've already got the guy in. You just want to keep that relationship going and see how one of your future Wolverines uh, plays in a uh, high school competition. Yeah, that's Moore has been uh, killing it in Illinois recruiting. Uh, I think he's listed as a lead recruiter for McCarthy. And A.J. Henning was the, the first guy that uh, Gaddis really uh, honed in on after he got uh, hired in back in, what is it, January. So, uh, yeah, I think they're showing some love to one of the kind of emblematic players for speed and space. And Henning really showed out. He had 120 yards through the air and a touchdown and also rushed for two more. So I think he put on a good uh, performance for the coaches there. Yeah, no, he, he had some real nice catches this past weekend, that's for sure. And, and he's mm-hmm. he's already on his way to a monster senior season. Could even see his recruiting ranking go up a little bit. Um, he's already a top 100 guy. He, he's been a top 100 guy pretty much the entire process. But uh, 24-7 has, has him a little lower than what the composite has him. So we could see that ranking even out perhaps a little bit, maybe see him creep up into uh, top 50 territory. But that remains to be seen. And uh, I, no, that's, that's all, that's, I think that's all the guys on our list here. They The, the assistant coaches did – Pretty good job, I would say, going out and trying to attract some talent here and even maintaining their relationships and going to visit guys that they already got loaded in um, to this 2020 class and 2021. So they put in some work in the bye week just because Michigan didn't play doesn't mean that they were uh, you know sitting around twiddling their thumbs. So they, they kept busy, that's for sure. But uh, Yeah, and this is an incomplete list, obviously. We didn't mention guys like... Chris Partridge and Don Brown right. and Mike Zordich. But, I mean, you're not going to tell me that Partridge wasn't out on the road this past week. He's a recruiting machine. So not everyone uh, who the staff visited was reported. So this is just a good snapshot yeah. of who they think the top targets are on their board and who they want to keep uh, satisfied yeah. in the fall. Yeah, that's well said for sure. So, yep. Um we're going to take a quick break here. We will be right back, and we're going to start up a new little series here, uh, the Recruiting Rooting Guide, and we will be right back with that. This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors in life, whether they be big, small, or anywhere in between, and when we keep those bottled up, it can start to affect us in a negative way. 
Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched up with a licensed therapist, and if for some reason that therapist isn't working out for you, you can switch at any time for no additional charge. Get life's challenges off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Block M to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Block M. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family cannolis and spins mean everything now you want to get mixed up in the family business introducing the godfather at chumpacasino.com test your luck in the shadowy world of the godfather slot someday i will call upon you to do a service for me play the godfather now at chumpacasino.com welcome to the family no purchase necessary vgw group void where prohibited by law 18 plus terms and conditions apply Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. And we are back for our final segment of the pod this week. We are going to talk about a recruiting rooting guide. Some of these guys that are committed to other schools Maybe some guys that are not committed but are on the fringe of committing to either Michigan or another school or two. And John, let's start with probably the biggest fish on the board. One of the guys that's been recruited the longest by Michigan and one that at the time when he was uncommitted seemed like he was a shoe-in for the 2020 class, and that's Miles Hinton. He's committed to Stanford right now. Stanford ain't looking too hot through their first few games. They they barely got a win over Northwestern, but but uh, and, you know they're they're one and two. They lost to UCF, lost to USC. Uh, they're playing Oregon this week, so you you definitely would be rooting for Oregon to pull this one off if you're a Michigan fan. If you're looking for any possible chance of getting Hinton to flip his commitment, which at this point I don't think it happens, quite frankly, but any little bit helps, right? Right. I think they've uh, definitely not started off hot. They've gotten beaten pretty handily by UCF and USC um, in the past couple of weeks, and they could easily start off one and three um, with next week coming against Oregon, who's ranked 16 in the country. Um, I think it's interesting. They've also got four other ranked teams on their schedule right now in Washington, Washington State, Cal, and Notre Dame. So I don't think a bowl is even uh, guaranteed at this point. They're going to have to fight to get to those six wins. So I think that's going to be the best shot mm-hmm. for Michigan to weasel the, their way back in and uh, open that door again because if Stanford is kind of continuing this downward trend under David Shaw, not keeping up to their usual standards, then uh, 
then Hinton might get some second thoughts, I think. So definitely be rooting for Oregon this weekend. Yeah, you'll be rooting for Oregon for sure. And like I said, I don't think Hinton, at the end of the day, flips his commitment. He, Like we, we've talked about this before, the Hintons are a different breed in, in the sense that mm-hmm. they live down south. They're from Georgia, but they do absolutely care about academics just as much as being on the football field. Obviously, with Chris going to Michigan, Miles currently being committed to Stanford. Stanford is a high, high academic school, as we all know. And I, I don't, I just don't see it happening. But I mean, if there's any chance, you're obviously going to root for Stanford to lose the rest of their games and to be able to get Miles back on campus a couple times, like was previously reported. He he visited um, already once this season. I think he visited for the Army game, if I'm not mistaken. And uh, he'll probably be visiting a couple more times to see Chris suit up in that uh, maize and blue jersey there. So any little bit helps, and we'll see what happens. But on a guy that we spoke about previously on the pod, Lawrence to a Philly, Florida State, he's committed to currently. They're not doing so hot. They've got one win this season, and it was a nail-biter against L.A. Monroe in overtime. They won by a single point. Their other two games there, they lost by five points to Boise State, and then they lost by a touchdown to Virginia. They've got Louisville on the docket this week, and their schedules, <laughs> the ACC isn't that tough, but when you look at it in the viewpoint of it's Florida State, it ain't looking too good for them. I, I would be surprised to see them make a bowl game this year. Yeah, I don't. I think it's going to be tough, too. They got Clemson and Florida on their schedule every year. Um, which are two top 10 teams, and those seem like pretty much guaranteed losses at this point. Um, Louisville's looked pretty feisty after a horrible year uh, last season, so that's not a guarantee at all. I mean, Miami is going to be tough. Uh, Syracuse beat them last year, even though they don't look that great this year, but um, it's going to be another struggle for to find those six games to win for uh, Willie Taggart, and I, I don't think things are going well down there. There's some discontent. I think brewing and prospects from Florida, I think are much more likely to look around. Um, I mean, Miami has a dozen decommits every year. Um, so I think that uh, Toa Philly could definitely open that recruitment back up. And like I said earlier, the staff anticipated that he'd commit early and that wasn't going to stop them. They were going to be deterred by the commitment. So I think even they view it as more of a soft uh, pledge than a normal definitely. commitment would be. Let's move on here, running out of time for today's podcast. Andrew Gentry we'll talk about real quick. Obviously, like we said, the other school being BYU, they're actually off to a pretty decent start this year. Of course, they upset Tennessee, quote-unquote upset. Tennessee is another one of those dumpster fire (laughs) schools right now. But they also were able to squeak out USC in overtime and their first game against Utah. They kept it close up until the end there, but ended up losing 30-12. to Uh, they are currently 10th ranked Utah. So, and they'll play Washington at home this weekend. So they, they've, they've had quite a a difficult start to the season, but so far they're looking kind of good. Yeah. And I think it's only going to get better for BYU. Their, their schedule is very front loaded this year. Um, after this Washington game, they've got Boise state in a few weeks and that's about it. Um, the rest of their schedule is very light. So they're, they they put themselves in a good spot beating Tennessee and USC 
early on and they could end up with a 10 win season. So um, it's not great for the perceptions versus uh, Michigan for Andrew Gentry, but um, I'm not sure how big of a factor that is for him or not. Yeah. I, at this point, I don't think it's a huge factor, but obviously like we've been pretty much saying this entire segment, any little bit helps for these recruits. If they see that BYU starts to Mm -hmm. struggle and Michigan's looking pretty good. You know, if, if Michigan's able to get some of these road wins against Wisconsin, maybe Penn State, maybe that'll be what sways their opinion, sways their decision. But we'll see on that one. I that this is a case where I don't think BYU losing six, seven, whatever games, and Michigan winning, you know, ten or eleven would be a huge factor, just because of the other outside things that, that he's doing with this Mormon mission trip and things like that. But speaking of USC, let's move on here. Darian Green Warren, the uh, four-star cornerback from California, currently deciding here between Michigan and I, I would say that the biggest one is USC. They're not off to a very good start either. They lost their starting quarterback, JT Daniels, for the season to an injury in that first game and uh or I'm sorry in the second game was it against Stanford that they ended up winning but like we've already talked about they lost to BYU last weekend in overtime but they're two and one they've got a tough few weeks here with Utah at home and then they go on the road and play Washington and Notre Dame so things could get ugly kind of quick for USC yeah yeah it's kind of an interesting balance to uh navigate with USC because they if they play too poorly and fire Helton early on in the offseason, they could land Urban Meyer easily. He's made some, you know, vague comments about how he'll reevaluate if he's gonna go back to coaching. And I was on a USC board last night after uh their almost five star quarterback got a bunch of crystal balls to Alabama and they're basically all on the, the <laughs> Urban Meyer train. So if he ends up getting hired before the signing period, I think he sweeps up anybody left in Southern California, they're late. Their, their recruiting class always uh, finishes very late anyway. So I think it'll be important for Michigan to, you know, lock in early on Green Warren. He's visiting for the Ohio State game. So that'll be good that his visit will be fresh since it'll be in late mm-hmm. November. But I think they, they want to get his name on the dotted line uh, before – um, in December, I think, in the early signing period. Yeah, I, I think this is one that's definitely up for grabs. He was currently, or he was committed to Oklahoma at one point and then decommitted and mm-hmm. didn't even put them on his top list. It's pretty much all Midwest schools. Um, so you, you definitely like to see that if you're a Michigan fan. Michigan needs a cornerback in this class. They've got safeties all over the board, but very small amount of cornerbacks. So they could definitely use another outside cornerback with Selden probably being the slot guy, the nickel cornerback in this class. So definitely rooting against USC this week and probably every other week just because I don't like USC anyways. But (laughs) our final guy that we'll talk about here, Theo Johnson, a guy that we've talked about quite a bit on the pod over the last few weeks, four-star tight end from Windsor, the biggest recruiting battle here for Michigan. Is it going to be against Penn State? to get Theo and Penn state's looking for the most part, really, really good. Uh, They blew out Idaho. They blew out Buffalo, but they had a nail biter against Pittsburgh this past weekend. And and things could have went 
really weird if if Pittsburgh just went for it on that fourth down instead of pulling a James Franklin and going for a field goal. Um, But I digress. Regardless, Penn State's looking pretty good. They've got Maryland this weekend, and obviously they'll be playing Michigan here in about a month or so. Yeah, it's been a bit of a weird season for Penn State. They were losing at halftime to Buffalo um, the previous week when Johnson was visiting because his uh, brother plays for Buffalo. So, And then they just pulled away in the second half, which they actually have a habit of doing a lot. Um, they can they can turn these halftime deficit, deficits or close leads into big blowouts. But I think there's some a couple underlying issues for them that maybe if other teams exploit, they can uh, kind of have a rough season, especially without guys like Joe Moorhead on the sideline or Tracy yeah. Sorley on the field. Um, and, you know, obviously Georgia for Johnson is also a big contender, but they're, you know, probably going to win most games on their schedule. I'm not, there's not sure there's much of a chance or much of a reason to root against them every week when it's almost a guarantee that they're going to win. Yeah, most definitely. And they're going to have a tough stretch of games here with Michigan being right in the middle. they got to go to Kinnick and play Iowa, which is always a tough place to play. Mm-hmm. So especially, I mean, Michigan fans know that. And then you got to go back home and yeah. play Michigan. And then you go to Michigan State. And then about a month or so later, you got to go to Ohio State. So they, they, they'll they have a tough end of the schedule there, but you definitely would want to see them lose if you're a Michigan fan, regardless of Theo Johnson's outcome, uh, just because they're in the Big Ten East, and obviously they're one of your bigger rivals there. But, yeah, if, if you want any chance of landing Theo, you've, you've got to hope that Penn State starts losing some games here quick, especially that Michigan game that he will be visiting for, I believe. And obviously if you're Michigan, you want to – lay the whooping on Penn State, not only for reasons of the season, but also to better your chances of landing Theo Johnson, who at this point is becoming one of the more important recruits in the 2020 class for Michigan because it looks like one of Michigan's other tight ends that is currently committed may be looking elsewhere. Is that right, John? Yeah. uh, Nick Patterson took an official visit to Georgia Tech over the weekend, um, which – didn't grow, go great for the Yellow Jackets. Um, they lost to uh, FCS, uh, the Citadel, in overtime. So it's been a bit of a bumpy start for Jeff Collins and company. But I think that Patterson will probably take a couple more visits and will probably flip at the uh, when it's all said and done. Um, there's been rumors for a while that he won't end up in the class um, I don't think if, – if he wasn't Shea Patterson's brother, I don't think Michigan would have looked at him to begin with. So Harbaugh and company may be telling him that he's going to have a better opportunity elsewhere. Yeah, more than likely. And I, I always felt that that was probably the big reason why they were looking after him too is just because his last name just so happened to be Patterson. So I, I, I can't imagine any other reason why they'd go after him. It doesn't seem like he's – you uh, I don't want to be too mean. He's he's not a highly ranked guy. The tape that I've seen hasn't been spectacular. Theo Johnson's tape is really, really good. So obviously if you've got a chance to land Theo and kick one of the other guys out, I think that would probably be the case. But it, it's at least good that he's doing his due diligence, going through the process, checking out other schools. So if that does end up happening, he wouldn't get completely screwed. So it's always good to see for the prospect as well. But 
I think that's going to wrap it up here today. Uh, You can follow me on Twitter at Vaughn underscore Lozon. And, John, where can they find you at? At Simmons underscore Awesome. And follow Maze and Brew on Twitter at Maze and Brew and give us a like on both Facebook and Instagram. And be sure to subscribe and leave a review for all of Maze and Brew's podcasts. You can find it by searching Maze and Brew Podcasts on Apple, Google, Spotify, pretty much anywhere you go to get your podcasts. And we will be back tomorrow with a brand new episode of Out of the Blue. Jared and Andrew will go and recap the bye week, all of that fun stuff, and look ahead to this week at Wisconsin. So we will be back here with another future brew next week. Signing off for John Simmons, I am Vaughn Lozon. Take it easy. Have a good week. Go Blue.